0: Welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen, And I'm James Marriott. And joining us this week uh, from our sponsors at Title Law, uh, Oliver Saxon, who brings all his legal knowledge as we attempt to uh, dissect the report into Wednesday's uh, EFL hearing. Firstly, hello, Ollie. Welcome.
1: Thank you very much. Nice to be back again.
0: Uh, just a very quick mention here as well for Wednesday Bet, our other partners. Now, Jamie, who is the co-founder and also a big Wednesday Ike, will be joining us on the podcast in a couple of weeks Uh, now we do have some tight signings to talk about as well which is exciting but firstly let's talk about the report so dom last time me and you spoke was just after the verdict had been announced and we talked a bit then about how oh it might it might be interesting when we get the report and kind of see what it says about a few things i think it's fair to say that it was quite quite revealing on uh on a few different levels and this is kind of turning into quite the saga now this isn't it
2: uh well it has been from day one hasn't it pretty much james let's face it um, be charged <laughs> in, in november and uh, here we are the case is still not dealt with uh, and it's going to most certainly run into uh 2021 seasons so uh, yeah the sooner it's over the better as we said before but yeah the 51 page um Document did make for a fascinating reading, as you touched on. Uh, a lot of it, I think, was sort of what we expected. Um, and I think, really, um, what came out of it was that um, neither party has covered themselves in glory in this. And um, I think it, the AFL, for me, undoubtedly came off worse than Wednesday. Uh, but um, as it said in the report, I think the bottom line is that lessons have to be learned from this case moving forward.
0: Have you have you read all of it, Doc?
2: I certainly did, James. Yeah, absolutely. Every, you take every single for? word. Absolutely. What do you mean? That's I that's didn't good. didn't just read it once, James. Read it twice, and then went to bed reading a bit of it as well. Yeah, couldn't get enough of it.
0: Oh, uh, I am sorry, um,
1: Ollie. Did you read it all? I've only read the edited highlights I' saving the full 51 page document for this weekend. <laughs> it's
0: an exciting weekend that you've got there um, you you obviously see this in, with a slightly different perspective or perhaps a unique perspective being a Wednesday fan, but you know mm. also kind of knowing your stuff in terms of like the the legalities of stuff so what, what's your kind of take on it?
1: I wasn't unduly surprised. I think when we talked about this last time when was that April May um, we kind of thought we would end up with a point... Deduction, And I think both Kev and I went for about 12 points each, I think. but I did think there'd be some suspended for that. And I think had the transaction been applied when it was, there probably would have been a suspended points on top of that. I, I can only say I, some of this was absolutely staggering. The level of, how can I put this delicately? Incompetence um, involved at the club, for dealing with a, a transaction of this magnitude, not only the fact that they kept kicking the can down the road despite being told by the AFL with a nudge and a wink to get on with it um, but to not instruct any English and Welsh qualified lawyers to deal with it or to advise them on it at the outset beyond beyond recognition for me or um, law is not the same Then I wouldn't attempt to instruct firm solicitors in Sheffield to buy a house in Thailand because the firm solicitors in Sheffield were quite right to say I don't know anything about Thai law so yeah. I'm not going to advise you um one of the I wasn't surprised at all to read that the commission decided that the sale couldn't be applied um because of the oil agreement it's quite a basic fundamental that you taught in law school that sales for property or property sales have to be agreed in writing it's just a basic. Um, And I'm not surprised, well, it's disappointing that it appears that Catherine didn't pick that up, um, albeit that she's a Belgian qualified lawyer, so maybe not necessarily as familiar with it, particularly given that it's a land provision rather than commercial law, which was her background. But there's no excuse for the club not to take advice, particularly on a a subject like this that had absolutely incredible magnitude on the club and will continue to have.
2: There were big mistakes on both sides. I think is is the common denominator, and OI um, touched on where Wednesday went wrong. Um, but when you then look at it from the EFL perspective, um, absolutely staggering detail mm. in the document on the incompetence of Sean Harvey and and Nick Crag um, in that they were uh, rather than pursuing Wednesday for. The charge that they should have done, um, they took too long in going for uh, the sort of deception or acting in bad faith, uh, when in fact they should have been going after Wednesday for breaching PNS, um, um, which is yeah. what. And the fact is that the um, there was nothing wrong with the transaction in terms of Wednesday um, th- with this sort of loophole, if you want to no. call it. They are allowed to do that. There's nothing in the mm-hmm. rules against them. There used to be, but then that was removed. Um, but it, as we suspected, it came down to the timing of how and when. And Wednesday, that document clearly shows that that deal was not done in time to be included in the 1718
1: season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's not surprising in a way that the EFL decided to try and cajole Wednesday into complying because getting Wednesday to do that's far easier than having to deal with the mess that's been created by them not doing that. Um, but that said, yeah, I kind of turned a bit of a blind eye to the EFL because a lot of all of this could have been avoided had Wednesday done what they were supposed to have done when they were told to do it. Um, and we can look at the EFL and say, oh, well, they should have got on with it and broke claims and their charges quicker. But if the simple matter of the effect is if Wednesday had got on with it, it wouldn't have mattered.
0: I think, uh, Tom, what you kind of say about the fact that, you know, no one comes out of this looking uh, great is, is kind of such a massive understatement, isn't it? Because this is just almost from beginning to end, like a comedy of errors, it's just it, it is staggering just <coughs> how badly things have been have been done on on, on you know the, on, on you know both parties here. You know we've got an organisation that actually run the league. You know, in fact, you know, th- three out of the top four leagues in this country are, are run by this organisation, who seem to to just be you know I- incapable of of doing things uh, correctly and, and, you know, staggering is definitely the, the, the phrase kind of across the the board. Um, Dom, obviously you've, you've kind of like, you know, consumed it all, taken it all in. What, when you kind of look back at it, what are the bits that kind of stand out to you as being just, you know, in, 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 I, there's so yeah. much to go at, but just, you know, insane. There, there are some kind of crazy claims, allegations, statements, all kinds of stuff in there. The
2: astonishing one for me, James, that I didn't see coming, and I don't think many people do, did, um, was the extraordinary claim from the FL about Depon Chancery and his ability at, at speaking English uh, and almost making out that he was trying to lie to the Commission um, about his sort of uh, proficiency at English. Now, I've been in the chairman's company a number of times we've been fortunate to over the years. Uh, and I can say that his English has come on leaps and bounds over the last five and a bit years. He couldn't speak barely a word of English when he bought this club uh, in 2015. He certainly can now, as we've seen also in fans forums and you have, James, and steering groups as well. <laughs> but oh, yeah. at the same time, you then put a, uh, a chairman... Uh, Of a football club in a virtual press uh, press conference, a virtual, um, uh, in Zoom, uh, under the scrutiny, the the pressure that he'd have been on. And there would have been stuff, there's bound to have been stuff that the commission, the panel, would have asked that... um, Uh, it doesn't matter how good your English is, you're not going to understand all of it necessarily. And so uh, there's some very complicated subjects, issues, and things that are covered. Um, You know, as we've seen uh, in this commission, what what was it? Five, 5,000 pages or so that the commission have then whittled down into that final 51 pages. So that's, the level of detail that's gone into this, and that's part of the reason why it has taken so long. Uh, but yeah, I did find that particularly extraordinary. That um, yeah, the the it was rightly rejected by the commission. That, um, but yeah, for the EFL to, to throw that one into the mix was quite something.
0: There's some something as well about um, the the kind of the top people at the FL seemingly more bothered about going away on holiday than uh, than getting things sorted. What what was that all about?
2: Is that to me, or is that to Ollie? Who
1: Whoever whoever wants to take it,
2: I'll let well, have. I mean, I've only seen I,
1: I, I've only seen the edited highlights, but from what what the things what was highlighted was that that it seemed to be that both Sean Harvey and the legal officer were concerned with wanting to get off on the holidays and that they wouldn't be able to complete their end of the work unless Wednesday did it when they told them to, um, which led, led to a bit of a fudge, really, and then a new regime coming in, looking at this and thinking, we need to start again. Um, it, it's just, it's not how you would expect to reasonably competent businesses of the magnitude that they are to operate.
0: Big, the big question moving forward here is uh, obviously going to be that of appeals. Um, there's been a bit of talk about whether the FL might appeal from their side because they obviously wanted things to be um, a lot harsher on um, Wednesday. Um, we know that Wednesday are going to be uh, appealing from, from their side. Or I'm going to ask you about this kind of with your with your legal hat on um from from what you've seen what kind of credence do you give um primarily to to wednesday in terms of their appeal uh but similarly you know if the afl decided to appeal things in the other
1: direction do you think either side has a particularly strong case here but to my knowledge, the EFL have missed the deadline to be able to appeal, so they can't do now, and they've chosen not to. But to be fair, there isn't a great deal for them to appeal anyway because they've got the maximum points deduction that they, they were seeking anyway under the um, FFP regulations. So can when well Wednesday we're always going to appeal, whether they would got a slap on the wrist or not. It's not exactly in the chairman's um, nature to just take things lying down. So I'm not surprised that they have done. I don't know whether... I suppose the way you look at it is, well, I can't be any worse off than I am now. Um, so even if I get three points knocked off, it's you know three points less that we have to get next season towards whatever the target might be. Um, personally, uh, having even just seen the edited highlights, I don't know how they're going to convince an appeals committee that the independent hearing reached a their verdict that was so perverse that they couldn't possibly have come to anything other than that verdict. Um, I think we're just having a go because Chancery wants to have a go rather than any kind of substance behind it.
0: The, there is there is this uh, thing in there, isn't there, about how um, in, in, in theory the deduction should have been Applied what I mean, season before last, when it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't really have, you know, it certainly wouldn't have relegated um, Wednesday. I, I mean, I don't really, I, you know, I can't pretend that I understand how these things work. And I'm sure, you know, Dom, you've obviously kind of been speaking to all kinds of experts and stuff over the course of the last few days about it. Um, it's is is that grounds for uh, appeal that Wednesday say, well, actually, they should have been applied two seasons ago, so you can't apply it next season. Um, and um, is, is there also a risk? Uh, can that point deduction be increased as a result of um, uh, an appeal?
2: Well, I, I spoke um, this week to a friend of the podcast and who we've had on before at the same time as always uh, a few months ago, uh, Kevin Carpenter. Um, and Kevin suggested to me that he thinks it's unlikely that Wednesday will be successful with an appeal. Uh, another important aspect of this actually that i think people will underestimate is that an appeal you're looking at around half a million that's how much it's going to cost in legal fees and and i believe that wednesday will also have to um cover the efl's legal fees in that as well to take this to the arbitration panel which i think is the next phase the next uh, step in all this um but yeah Kevin was saying to me that he thinks there's no reason why this case shouldn't be heard as soon as. And we've just seen, actually, uh, Wigan go through this um, completely different, I agree, uh, admittedly, with it, that being in you know, administration. But Wigan's was heard relatively quickly. And so... Uh, Yeah, it's all hope that, you know, Wednesday put in their statement that they believe it's going to be in the autumn. Um, And I think we we all just want some closure, don't we? We all just want to get to the Mm. point of where uh, I'm sick and tired of talking about off the field stuff when really all I want to do is talk about, um, actually, I'm getting a bit excited about what Wednesday are trying to build on the pitch for next season.
0: We'll get we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We've got a bit more doom to get through first, but we will get to that. I promise. Trust you, you James, um, to Ollie, go for the doom. <laughs> Ollie, um, obviously we we obviously didn't have you on a couple of weeks ago when this initially uh, broke, and I mean this I guess is touching uh, slightly on on the field um, stuff. A, a twelve point deduction is is pretty severe. Do you think that Sheffield Wednesday will um, get out of this in terms of surviving in the championship next
1: season? That's a million dollar question, isn't it? Um, there is no reason why that we we can't. It depends on the ambition of both the manager and the chairman and the budget that they're prepared to put to it. We've seen other clubs who've had bigger points deductions or as big points deductions have a good tilt at it and ended up in the playoffs. Um, to me, I think we've got to be at least aiming to try and do that because otherwise what are you buying into in the ambition of the club? Even if you say, well, it's a bit pie in the sky that we'll aim for the playoffs. If we build a team towards aiming to achieve that and we don't achieve that this year, but we finish mid-table, well, people will understand that external factors have probably caused us from reaching that, but there's something to build on for next year rather than just taking it on a short-term approach. All we've got to do is just stay up, particularly as revenues are going to be reduced due to the ongoing coronavirus problems, there's got to be a, a little bit of ambition shown in how we're going to approach it. If, if not only to just try and not just tell the players that stopping up is sufficient, just getting to 60 points will be fine because we don't want to be sat in March looking over our shoulders. We want to try to be as far away from that trapdoor as we possibly can by after Christmas.
0: This, this is going to neatly segue us into um, talking about player recruitment and reshaping of um, squads. And of course, you know, we're not just talking about playing arrivals. Uh, there's been plenty of stuff ha- happening. Um, let's um, let's let, let Dom kind of have his, uh, have his moment here to uh, bring us up to speed.
2: Yeah, so Shay Dunkley, he arrived uh, last week's second summer signing after Fizeu Deli bashira or as I like to call him, FDB. Um, so Shay Dunkley uh, is in the house. He's 28, centre-back, was released by Wigan um, at the end of last season. Um, he might not be the last addition that Wednesday make from Wigan this summer. We will have to wait and see. But, uh, yeah, Dunkley... Is a guy who has got a lot of championship experience, um, works his way up through the leagues, um, and 28, two-year contracts. I think it's it's a good deal for Wednesday, really. The guy uh, not just knows his way around the championship, but then he's also played in different formations in a back four, and he's comfortable in a three-man defence and playing in the centre. And I think that's where... Gary Monk sees him playing as all the noises I'm hearing are that Wednesday are going to be sticking with 3-5-2. So he's, I think, an important piece in the jigsaw, Shea Dunclay. And then earlier this week, Izzy Brown. And I think that he could be the best signing Wednesday make this summer. It's all about keeping Izzy Brown fit. He's got so much quality at 23 He's already played over 100 matches. Um, It's his seventh loan spell of his career. Um, Funnily enough, he he actually was living in Sheffield when he was on loan at Huddersfield three years ago, when he, of course, was part of the team that that beat Wednesday in the playoffs. So he knows the city well. Um, Wednesday being interested in him, over the years a couple of times and it's just not materialised or come to anything but it has this time around Um, and it's a coup for Wednesday there were other clubs that were in for him Nottingham Forest, Bournemouth and QPR Um, so it's a big statement for Wednesday that they've got him here on a season long loan, he played 28 times for Luton last season 17 starts and I wrote about it this week, for me I mean, the exciting bit about Izzy Brown is that I'm hoping he's going to free up Barry Bannon and that he's actually he's going to take some of that creative burden off his shoulders. You know, Barry Bannon, I think, had about eight assists last year. Izzy Brown in a struggling Luton team managed seven. So I think that's pretty good going. So to me, actually, creating chances shouldn't be a problem for Wednesday. Um, and so I think in Dunkley and Brown, I'm really happy with those two.
0: You, um, you spoke to um Izzy Brown earlier on today. I, I'm really intrigued as to, you know, with those uh, other clubs that were interested there, Wednesday obviously starting the season as it stands now on, on minus 12, certainly with a points deduction. What what was it then that kind of swayed him to, to kind of decide to come here over, you know, Bournemouth are going to start the season probably as favourites to go straight back up. So what what's kind of the, the process that, that led him to decide that this was the right move?
2: Number of factors. Um, yeah, you know, he likes what Gary Monk had to say about the future um, when he spoke to him. I think a really important guy um, in the move was the new first team coach. Andrew Hughes, who Brown worked with closely when he was at Huddersfield. Um, and we yeah, we, we actually, we haven't mentioned the, the backroom team, James. You see, it's been all changed and lots of things have happened since we last recorded. Uh, and James Beattie, Andrew Hughes uh, and Daryl Flahavan coming in. Um, and long overdue, really, isn't it? It's about time that Gary Monk um, had his own coaching team. He's now got it. And um, when Wednesday starts to get some strikers in, and a few more players in, that will be the time to judge Gary Monk.
0: Everyone seems um, really enthused and excited by, um, particularly Izzy Brown, because he's a player that you know we've 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 all seen um, what he can do over the last few years. Um, several loan spells. He's certainly played in in big, high profile games. Experience in uh, in the Premier League, uh, as well as at Championship um, level, and and you know I've seen a lot of kind of positivity off the back of that, which is really nice to see because it's been a while since we've seen any of that. Um, Ollie, what are your thoughts that about? I mean, not just those two, but kind of all three of the the recruitments that Wednesday have made so far on the pitch, and I guess in terms of the off-the-pitch recruitments as as well, in terms of the backroom staff, um, th- there is plenty going on. Are you enthused?
1: Um, I think I'd just be whelmed rather than underwhelmed or overwhelmed at the minute. Um, it's, difficult, it's difficult to judge them in isolation because we don't know how they'll fit together in a unit. Clearly, there are problems that... We had last season that still have yet to be fixed and arguably have got worse. Um notably with lacking cover at full back stroke wing back. Um we've we've made one additional signing in defence when you know probably at least two more will be required, I would have thought to change some of that round. We have Jordan Rhodes as the sole striker um at the club and it's all well and good having people who are going to create chances but We can't just have kids trying to finish them off in men's football because they'll just be eaten alive, especially in the championship. So there's a lot more to be done in recruitment, but I'm sure the club are aware of that, although you would hope they'd be getting on with it and trying to bring in some players in the mid-20s rather than kids fresh out of academies who have not really played first-team football particularly given the circumstances that we'll find ourselves in at the beginning of the season and the absolute need, although we say every year, for a good start this year it really is more important than than before because we've got ground to make up that other teams just don't have to. Um, With the coaching staff, let's wait and see. Um, I'm sceptical, but they'll have a a clean slate. We're not talking about bringing in Hansi Flick um, as coaching staff, but their past performance doesn't exactly fill me with confidence in their future performance, even as a collective unit, which we've got to hope that they outperform themselves.
0: You've definitely adopted the uh, bad cop role (laughs) in, uh, in this uh, podcast episode. I didn't want to say anything, Uh, James. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You're making Dom seem like the most positive uh, podcaster ever. Um, Tom, I mean, you know, you kind of touched on it there a little bit. I mean, tell me what your thoughts are in terms of the uh, the 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 coaching staff, and then we've also seen a couple of kind of um, promotions from within the academy setup of a couple of players as well, haven't we? So, um, you know, tell us a bit more about that as well.
2: Uh, well, the, the coaching staff, I think it was inevitable that Gary Monk was going to bring in people that he's worked with before or that he's known on the circuit. So, Andrew Hughes hasn't been part of his backroom staff at his previous clubs, but they've they played against each other and, and know each other. And Actually, Andrew Hughes, I thought, gave a really good interview to the club um, early this week. I, I, and from everyone that I've spoken to, all they've got is a big praise for him. Um, and James Beattie, um, you see, I, may, I probably said it before on the pod, but I'll say it again because I like repeating myself. You, you do look at the work he's done with other strikers, such as Chris Wood at Leeds, Shea Adams, and Lucas Jukovic at Birmingham. That excites me. So I'm not saying or suggesting for one minute that he's going to turn Jordan Rhodes back into the goal machine from four. That's five exactly what
0: you're saying. That,
2: that is exactly, exactly what you're I'm saying. Yes, I'm busted. But um, the reality is, Jordan Rhodes. Is going to, I think, have one last shot here of trying to salvage his Wednesday career. When you look at Wednesday, they have got very few striking options as it stands right now. Although I am expecting them to bring in a player or two before that first league match on the twelfth of September. But um, I think, yeah, I, I just think it's a positive step, and yeah, I, I, I think it's one of them where. Yeah, you know, it's going to take time. And the Wednesday are up against it. There's no getting away from it. Um, as always, we were saying before, minus 12. Um, and, and when you're looking at the players at the signing, they're as good as I think Wednesday can get right now in the position that they're in. That Your players are signing for Sheffield Wednesday knowing full well that, that really what you're aiming for next season is to stay up. Consolidation. It's going to take one heck of a run to try and get in the playoffs. Um, So, you know, I think players with the right character are wanting to sign for Sheffield Wednesday. uh, And I do think we've seen the approach has changed a little bit in the transfer market. And I think that's refreshing that, you know, Wednesday are looking for young, hungry players. uh, And I do think they have done some smart business so far. And long may that continue.
1: The difficulty that the the automatic are going to be facing is the disconnect between what the hierarchy at the club will say is the stated aim, what the fans realise is the recognised aim, and what the management and playing staff are going to be aiming for. Unless somebody says, we just want to finish mid-table this year, and that's a success. Everyone will assume, and I, I don't think it's, it takes blind man or to know that Desmond Chanchiri's aim for this year will be to be promoted whether it's likely or not that will be his task but that's not realistic but it's not going to mean that he's not going to tell people that that's what it is and is he setting everybody up for a fall in not admitting that we have to scale down our ambitions or if he is going to make that his ambition is he going to back the club to make it more of a reality because had we not been on minus 12 points and he said we want to get promoted then that's potentially realistic for him, depending on the amount of money that he can put in. But the level of budget that they're putting in now would indicate that that's not really his aim at all, because he could still build a squad to try and get promoted. If you were, <laughs> were to say, well, I want to win the league, and we go, okay, well, you're going to need 89, 90 points to do that, which had we not had the minus 12 points, you could have said, okay, well, it's a reasonable ambition then even if you build that team, even with minus 12, that's going to put you on, what, 78 points-ish, which is going to be roundabout playoff five, six position on average. So it's still doable, but I think that as much as we might expect that to be the case, they've given up that ghost. But then what does that mean to, to ticket prices knocked down, albeit coronavirus impinged, and all the other prices that are built into the club and its revenue stream are all geared towards paying good money for named players. But the reality is that's not going to happen this year.
0: I'm, uh, I've been trying for the last few minutes to try and find what the odds are on Jordan Rhodes to be top championship goal scorer. (laughs) Can't, can't find them. Honestly, I've given up. Can't find them. Can't find them. Um, dom who's who's likely to be next then uh, we know there's still kind of there's there's plenty of gaps within the squad to um to fill what's what's the kind of the word i'm hearing uh rumors about a, a a kid on loan from west brom and uh perhaps a returning face who was on loan last season
2: uh yeah full steam ahead now isn't it for strikers it's it's all about um adding to that front line uh, josh windass is a player that Gary Monk wants—he's made it clear from day one. Um and so Wednesday doing all they can to um, sign Windass on a permanent basis. I think there are a few clubs sniffing around him. There is a valuation that uh, you know Wednesday have got a hit um, for Wigan to uh, give them the green light and get that deal over the line. But I do think I think the Windass deal for me, the way it's heading. I'll be very surprised if if that isn't completed and if Josh Windass isn't a Sheffield Wednesday player um, ahead of next season. Jonathan Lecco, there was interest there. Uh, He's at West Brom. He's 21. Um, He's a versatile attacker, can play out wide up front. He was on loan at Charlton last season, played around 20 matches, scored five goals. He actually then did a really serious knee injury Um, at Christmas did his ACL. Um, You wonder how much that um, may have set him back, but uh, he's fully fit now. And I know he's someone, again, that that Wednesday like. Um, There's been talk of a loan, but actually I've heard more that um, Wednesday are pushing for it to be a permanent deal there, but they would again have to stump up obviously a fee and agree uh, something with West Brom on that um, and so I think there's a, there's still work to be done uh, there's been another link actually I mean I was mentioning it there I think about defence um, Dion Sanderson has been one that I've noticed has been linked with Wednesday and I think a few clubs um, are also meant to be tracking him Huddersfield I think and Rotherham a couple of the others he's a centre back at Wolves uh, we, I think he can play actually across the back line and um, so, I mean, for me, really, after bringing in another three strikers, minimum, maybe four, depending on what you do with Jordan Rhodes, that is, um, I'd love them... To, I, I think we'd all love to see, um, apart from you, James, because you were very anti and Jacob Murphy returned um, to Hills. Would you stop
0: doing this? He <laughs> was never it's anti too him. Um, It's too easy. That's gone really quiet, hasn't it? Is that is that still... Uh, there I, I, I still kind there. of thought it's probably not going to happen because it's gone so quiet.
2: It's still there, yeah. I, I, again, Wednesday would love nothing more similar to Windass. You know, those are the two out of the, the four lone players that were with Wednesday last season. Jacob Murphy um, is, is one where it's, it's difficult uh, as you've got so many championship clubs who are after him, who are looking at him, um, You know, from Middlesbrough to Derby. So he's not sure to suitors, us uh, and that's why... It's funny, with the coronavirus pandemic, uh, I've almost looked at it and gone that the power is back in the club's hands a lot when it comes to deals, when you think of how many many players are now free agents and out of contract and looking for work. But actually with Jacob Murphy, I'd say the power is very much in his hands as to what his next move is and what he wants to do. But it sounds as if Newcastle are open to loaning him out And realistically, that's all Wednesday can manage. They're not in the market to buy Jacob Murphy on a permanent basis, even though that's probably deep down what Newcastle's preference is. But uh, you never know. Steve Bruce maybe you do Shepherd. Wednesday uh, one last (laughs) favour.
0: We will have to see. Uh, All right. And just uh, quickly then, before we uh, wrap things up, the fixtures came out today. I would like to know the noise that you both made when you saw Wednesday's opening game was away at Cardiff. I'll do mine first. My reaction was, Dom, what was your noise? Boo. Ollie? (laughs) Hmm?
1: Yeah, that
0: seems about about right. Uh, Before we go, Ollie, um, title law, exciting times for you at the moment.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, We are just about to open our first um, public-facing office in North Lincolnshire on Monday, touch wood, subject to a sign writer arriving on Monday morning anyway. Um, But yeah, it's been a really exciting time for the business, opening um, the office and being more... um, We're still going to keep our paperless philosophy and visiting clients at a time and a place to suit them outside of office hours as well. Um, But it just seemed like a good opportunity to put a a stake in the high street while um, while we could at the moment. Brill. uh
0: best of luck with uh with the big opening on uh monday i'm sure you 'll get lots and lots of sleep over the weekend uh ahead of uh, ahead of that brilliant cheers guys, thank you very much um no doubt we'll have plenty more to talk over the uh the coming weeks although we're only what two or three weeks away from start of the season now is it three three four weeks it's coming around ever so fast and um, I think while we've been chatting actually Wednesday have announced a preseason game at uh, Leicester so uh, preseason fixture starting to uh, to trickle in as well which is uh, which is interesting uh, you can catch Dom on Twitter at Dom House and I'm at James Marriott contact the show at Dom and James and um, thank you to Ollie our uh, goal partners title law who you can find at title UK and Wednesday bet which is available to download in your small smartphone right now thank you for joining us if you like singing the blues please rate and review the show in your podcast app up the owls and we'll see you soon